Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Frizz and the Grizz. Little off schedule today. We're recording live on Tuesday. If you listen to podcasts, it's probably Wednesday or later. D, what it do? What it do, baby? Usually we're yelling out on a Monday, but it's Tuesday, so turn me up. How was your week, man? Because this is a long-ass time since the last time we went live. I have had many sleepless nights watching NBA basketball. I'll say that. It's the most basketball I've watched in like a week span in my entire life. I think I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, big shouts to these games being at reasonable times. I want to say back in the day, not even back in the day, but like in the past, a lot of the tip-offs were like at 8 o'clock. So this like 7, 7.25, 7.30 start for the first game. Prime allows you to watch one more series or one more game uh, without having to stress about like staying up too late. Yeah, I dig it. And so this is our new thing. Uh, Tuesday is going to be the new day we record live. So if you guys are looking for us on Mondays, we won't be there. We need a new catchphrase for Tuesday. I like the club going up. Who? What song was that club going up on a Tuesday? Who going was that? up on a Tuesday. I think that was like I Love McConan, something like that. Maybe I can clip that and that can be like our thing now. I, I don't mind it. Yeah, I mean, big. It, it's definitely my fault. I won't lie to you. And and I, I care about y'all, but at the end of the day, I care about myself too. Uh, <laughs> now, we, we got a lot going on. Typically, we, we, we want to make sure that we give you guys an incredible show every time that we're here. Last thing that we want to do is rush behind a lot of stuff. And I know for me, Mondays typically aren't bad but they that you know some stuff that happened at work that's going to make it a little bit tougher for the next couple of weeks last thing that I would want is to have us you know rush a show or something like that so i'm glad that we got the new day you know chalked in put us on there put us on as a reminder remember we will be live tuesday evenings and then we will have the recap for you guys on the podcast wednesday morning because your boy trudeau is nice with the ones and twos yeah, so thank you guys for watching live right now. See you all out there on a Tuesday. We'll be here every week now on Tuesday. And uh, we have a good one for you today. Lots of NBA to talk about. It's been a really exciting... Usually the first round's kind of a snooze fest. Four five is exciting. Maybe you get some action out of a 3-6, but uh, this first round's been pretty wild, so we're going to really dive into that. Uh, we have a parlay for you. No Furs 5. We'll come back with that next week. And uh, we have we have some closing take stuff, so something different from the NBA at the very end. But before we get into the show and the meat of the sports stuff, D, I would be remiss to ask you about your week, man. How was your week? <laughs> what a week it was. Uh, essentially, you know, work is work, but the bigger thing was the celebration of the oldest's birthday. Uh, essentially, thank you. Stretched it out to for three days, you know, essentially. I think when you're, is it like when you're less than 18 years old, like your birthday is essentially a weekend, right? I think that's like, I'm mean, actually through college. I'm pretty sure like you just celebrate a birthday like, oh, it's my birthday week. And like you, when you're in, you know, college, oh, it was my birthday weekend. Like we'll do that for the next 20 plus years, unfortunately. Uh, but it was cool because Friday we kept them up late, uh, had some in-laws come up, uh, come down. Uh, Saturday was a rain out, so we had the party on Saturday, opened up all the gifts. It was really cool seeing her, you know, very happy about it. So appreciate y'all that sent over some gifts. My co-host didn't, but it's cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but last but not least was Sunday, man. Sunday was a long day. I don't know about y'all, but the zoo is exhausting. Like, we got there when the gates opened, and we left damn near when the gates were closed. Oh, my God. Like, I, when's the last time you went to a zoo? Uh, two weeks ago. Wow. Southwick? 
Uh, Stone Zoo up in Stoneham over here. What's your favorite zoo animal? I knew I was going to get hit with this one. I'm, I'm probably just going to go with the basic bitch answer, which is just the lion. Giraffes are beautiful. Like, I, I got to see one up close. But there's something about lions, bro. Like, they're just the king of the jungle. It just sucks that they're in, uh, you know, a zoo. Captivity. So captured. Yeah, yeah, like, they're not really. But, like, they 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 cool, man. They're incredible beasts. So, I, I do like those those animals. I'm a fan of the bear. Bears bears are pretty dope. Well, what type of bear? Because there's, there's hundreds of black, them. Black, black bear is the one that's around us, so... They're pretty we docile. Saw, so we saw a um. What's the one that's in the Arctic? White one. Are you serious? Yeah. You don't know what the white bear is called? Nope. Have you heard of a polar, polar bear? bear? Thank yeah. you. Polar bear. I, I, hey man, it's, it's not in my psychoanalysis. I don't say it every day. I don't see it every day. A polar um, bear, though, man. I think that's like common knowledge. My daughter, <laughs> no, who's not too. That ass though. We saw one, and it was like it was cool because like you get to see it like on land, and then it jumped in the water, and you're like, oh my god, that thing is is massive, like that. Some big ass animals out there, man. I don't want to ever get caught in the wild because my ass would get toe up. Yeah, man. No One of those white bears. You got to watch out for them white bears, man. And them damn white. But well, you said black bears, so like it made me, you know, <laughs> just the white bear. To be fair, there are brown bears and black bears. I don't know well, why they want polar. It's a brown bear. It's a Bruin, right? Isn't that the? Isn't that yeah. the thing? There you go. What a transition on that one. I didn't know what to go with that. I'm like, let's just let's just leave the dead fish there on the ground and just move <laughs> on. All right, let's talk NBA. I don't know where you want to start. I know where I want to start because there's one series I've been locked into and I've watched pretty much I, every game. Yeah, I know that it's not going to be the one that I have watched every game for. So why don't you you why don't you lead us off and then I'll let you take the reins and, and follow up. The most interesting playoff series thus far that we thought would be uninteresting. I believe the TNT guys said in four, over in four, Bucks in four. Bucks are now after four games down one to three. And as someone who has a little bit of cash on them, Bucks, I am very nervous. Uh, it's, it's just been a weird series. I have some theories of what's going on, but I just I'll let you take the floor in this one. So I know you you, you hit me with a bunch of stats yeah. off air, and I you know subtly replied with I think this game this series is more than just stats, and it's it's the X factor, it's the it factor, and that it is Jimmy Butler. Essentially, we saw what he was able to do in the bubble in 2020, and I'm not gonna say because you know they got to the finals that year, but like. I, I did say before the playoffs started, you don't want to play the Heat. Like, it's just a team that is just annoying to have to go against. Their their, their defense is annoying. And then they got went out and lost Oladipo and Hero. And we're like, you know what? This series is over. And Jimmy Butler's like, no, it's not. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'll put everybody that's on the Heat organization on my back and carry you guys. Even if we only win this series, we'll go down as one of the only teams that... A made it out of a play-in and B knocked off a number one seed. Like that in itself is a successful season for them. Well, you mentioned when they went to the uh, what twenty twenty wins the the finals with Jimmy Butler. That team was vastly better in twenty twenty. I don't know what their overall seeding was when they entered the playoffs. They were four or five. Okay, they weren't eight seed. This this team is objectively bad. They've been terrible throughout the year. Um, and just like some interesting things that I've noticed is 
I think what you're seeing here is variance, right? And if you know anything about statistics and in mathematics, you know, variance is like what whatever your average is, right? Variance is the points high and low. Like you can you have an average you you put up. Like let's say I score ten points a game. Um, maybe I'm I'm precise and I get, you know, nine, eleven, eight, eleven, nine, like it's all around the same area where you yep. can have high variance where I can put up ten points but score twenty one, nineteen, two, like there's ups and downs. And that's kind of like been the story of the Miami Heat all year. If you look at their their box scores, they'll put up 121 night, 90 the next. Like they've mm-hmm. been super inconsistent. And what I think you're seeing right now, at least in the first three games, super high variance on like the uppermost echelon of excellence. And I looked at some of the numbers because I'm like, well, how are they doing this? Obviously, I gave you a ton, ton of number this, numbers this morning offline. And... Jimmy Jimmy Butler playoff Jimmy like he, we know he's a playoff god like the fifty five points is no fluke like he can do that in a series like he can do that a game in a series and do that for you. What I'm more interested in is the first three games. Do you know what the Miami Heat shot from three in the first three games? I'm gonna guess over forty percent because they were probably trid- I think they're like a less than thirty percent three point shooting team in the on the season. Yeah, so I have the stats. On the season, the Miami Heat have shot 34.4%, which is the fourth worst in the league. I'm going to tell you right now, the best three-point shooting percentage in the league this year was the 76ers, crazy enough, at 38.7%. All right? 38.7 has been the best over this entire season. Over the first three games, the Miami Heat have shot 50% from three. (laughs) That's better than some teams shoot from two, from layups. Um, that's a difference of 15% like increase. And that's kind of been the story about the first three games. Like Jimmy Butler was, was fine in the first three games, but they've been lights out. Even Jimmy, like he's not a great three point shooter. He's been lights out from three. He's a very streaky shooter. Yeah. You know, the, like granted the bucks in game two had one of, I think the greatest three point shooting, uh, outburst in NBA playoff history. And that, that kept the them put alive. Up like 140, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm just, I wonder how this is going to finish because let's say the Heat do beat the Bucks in advance. This isn't sustainable. Like at some no. point, the bottom's going to fall out and it's going to look bad. Yeah, and that that's where I'm saying. I think if they, I, I can't see them doing what they did in 2020 right now. I, I know that you said that the team was vastly better or, you know, back in 2020, but I'm pretty sure the key pieces are still here minus or even adding Kyle Lowry. Like, I think they still have... Bam is still there. Hero was there. Bam's been a lot worse, though. He's regressed since then. Yes, he's he's definitely regressed. I know he's gone backwards. Duncan Robinson isn't even, you know, considered a player anymore like he was two or three years ago. Uh, So, like, I I get what you're saying, but, like, those players that played in the finals are, are still on that team with Kyle Lowry being a championship point guard. So I, if they get by Milwaukee, I don't know if they if it brings them into round two when they do it, but it will not surprise me if like they just start to hit their stride and all of a sudden they do become that random-ass team that just starts clipping people as the seventh, eighth seed in the league. Yeah, but Kyle Lowry is not Kyle Lowry of Toronto greatness. He's he's no. also he's he's worse in general, and he's dealing with the hamstring injury, and he's kind of been a shell of himself as well. This whole Heat roster is just kind of <coughs> meh, like below average. Like who's the who outside of Jimmy Butler? 
Who's this guy you count on to get a bucket right now on that roster? There is no one. I mean, maybe Max Strauss. Um, he, he, Struess. Struess, yeah. sorry. Uh, there's the the Vincent kid. I know that he's 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 been a bucket here or there, but like there is no secondary option. This is the same. This is the conversation we had when Hero went down. Like who who was gonna you know benefit it benefit from the injury more? Would it be Miami or excuse me? Would it be the Bucks losing because uh, Miami lost Hero, or would it be the Heat because the Bucks lost Giannis? And <laughs> can like, we just say that's so dumb in retrospect? <laughs> No, so what we meant by that is like what team, not that Giannis is like, you know, compared ability wise, but like we thought that the Bucks could handle losing Giannis because they played a bunch of regular season games without him and, and had a great record. And when we see the scoring for, for Miami, we're like, well, there's Jimmy. And then they did have Hero and then absolutely nothing below that. And they just lost Hero. It's like, where are you going to get the scoring well, from? The thing is with Miami versus Bucks, right? When it comes to like, it's different in the playoffs. So we assumed losing Giannis, they're the one seed, they have a great lot of great players, wouldn't be that big of a deal. But this is playoff basketball. Mm. And it's obviously harder to get a bucket in the playoffs. And when teams go on runs, you need a guy to stop that run and like get a tough bucket. For the Heat, if things get gross and stuck in the mud, you can just give the ball to Jimmy Butler and he can just work in the high post and get you a bucket if you need it. For the Bucks, their second best score is who? Outside score, it's Middleton. Middleton. I would probably say Holiday or Middleton. Either way, smaller guards, smaller guards who get their shots or get their buckets via jump shots, yes. right? Interior, if you want to work it inside, there's no one who can really drive effectively in the paint. And then your big, Brooke Lopez, isn't really that type of low post score post dominant player. Yeah, no. So like that's what really hurt the bucks in the first three games when they needed to stop a run and just slow things down and get a bucket. They had to rely on jump shots and like those are hard to get, especially at the end of fourth in the fourth quarter when you're tired. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And this, <clears throat> this is this other series that this is, this is happening also where teams are flaming out in the fourth quarter because they're relying on, on unsettled jump shots compared to getting to the bucket, getting a foul, potentially getting a free throw out of it. They're relying on jump shots. I, I, I can't tell if you're wearing a Minnesota jersey or if it's it, okay. That would be another team that, you know, unfortunately did the same thing. Anthony Edwards, good stuff. For those that aren't watching, Trudeau is, is a is an Orlando Magic's fan wearing a Minnesota Timberwolves jersey right it's now. It's a fresh jersey, though, the black with the little green North you Star. You just continue repping some god-awful franchises, but that's okay. You don't like um, Ant-Man? Anthony Edwards, I already told you, like, he can go off for 50 or he can go off for two. Like, he's he's that type of player. He's a superstar. I like who he's he... he's a very inconsistent superstar. His personality is fantastic, though. That's I mean, hilarious. That's, that he is a funny dude. Uh, he also eats Taco Bell, so he's he's on the he's on the good side for me. I'm not mad at that, but we know Cat doesn't like that he eats Taco Bell. There was a reason for me going off on the tangent. What I was basically saying is like the the Heat have the player they they have Jimmy Butler that's going to carry that a, t a player. The Bucks don't have somebody that's going to carry someone if it's not Giannis, and that's that's what's hurting them right now. Yeah, and then on the flip side, just I know we talked about the three-point shooting for um, the Miami Heat to start with. Mm -hmm. The Bucks this series, shooting, it's a really good percentage, but not even close, 38%, which 38 is good. It's like a very good, I think it would be top five if it was regular season like an as an average. But yep. 
It's just like, how do you beat 50%? And their scoring's up 15 points a game because of it as well, the three-point shots landing. Yeah, I mean, you're they're essentially swapping twos for threes. Like, they they allow... Because they were up. I'm pretty sure they were up, like, double digits with three minutes left. Dude. When Jimmy, when Jimmy Butler just went off They were off up nine night. with six minutes to go, and they just coughed the game up. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, that's 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 basketball. That's game of runs. If there is a time, it's now. But it, it shows, like what you were saying, the difference between somebody that needs a bucket. I know the difference, like, you know, in the Lakers and... and um. In Grizzly series, this is the same thing. Like you need a bucket, get it to somebody that can get to the rack because you're gonna either force a foul, get to the free throw line, or get an easier, easier bucket compared to somebody that's you know dribble, dribble, step back, jumper, or fade away, or mid range, which isn't the highest percentage shot anymore. And like that's the difference between the two right now. Well, look at the teams that have been successful so far in this playoffs. The Boston Celtics successful, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, both guys who can take the take the ball to the rack. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, I think they're the only team that swept the first first round. Embiid. Obviously, Embiid, you can feed him, and James Harden, like he can he can get to the get to the the hole. He's not as good as he used to be, but he can still get there. the The Suns, I mean, obviously, you know, with KD, he can get a get a shot. Lots of jump shooting still there, but my point oddly is, enough, Booker ahead. is actually finishing extremely well in the paint right now in the playoffs, which is separating him because people have to stress about his free throw, his, uh, his his jump shot. So he's scoring a, a decent amount of points in the paint now. Before we move on from mm-hmm. this series, because I don't have a ton else to add, I would say this: like looking ahead, right? Three one, we've seen the Bucks go down in the finals, two zero, right, to a championship level Sun team, come back, win four in a row, and Giannis had a like, just like we thought his leg was broken when he hyperextended it. Mm-hmm. They're down three one. They need to win the next three to advance. I will say this. I think I feel very strong that they should. Now, this has been a weird series, so who the hell knows what happens. They should win Wednesday. Yes. In Milwaukee. I will say this. It's it's such a weird thing to say when a team's down 3-1. Whenever that game six is, it's an absolute, absolute must win for Miami because if they lose game six in Miami and have to go to Milwaukee for game seven after being in control of this series, they are going to have a hell of a time beating that Bucks team. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's too many people that would say they feel strong being down, you know, a team that's down 3-1. If there's a team that can come back in the playoffs right now, it would be, you know, the Celtics would be one. Bucks would be the other because of the people that they have on their team. I I trust Giannis on Tentacumpo. And he just he has it where he'll just be like, look, we got to match their intensity. I need to step up my game. He's not going to blame. He's not going to point fingers. He's going to put it on himself to be like, I will take care of this. And I think he's he's that damn good to do that. So we're going to see, I think, a blowout tomorrow. I, I think they they absolutely blow the doors off of them tomorrow. We're gonna see a battle for Game Six, and if the Bucks win, I think it's going I to see. be miserable for for Miami in uh, in Game Seven. I don't think we're gonna see back to back good games. I think we're gonna see a blowout and then a grinder for the for the series in Game Six. The thing that confused me the most about Game Four is the way when Jimmy goes off for twenty two points in the first quarter, like you know he's cooking and he's carrying the team. They didn't really switch it up. It was just Drew Holiday one-on-one. I would have threw some doubles if I was the coach. Or if towards the end of the game, the last six minutes, 
I know you want to save Giannis. No one put him in foul trouble. But why not put why not put Giannis on him and get big? I know. I mean, I can hear myself. Why not put Giannis on him and get big? <laughs> um, I, I, get, hot, I get that. Sorry, now I'm talking over you because no, it's a delay. It's okay. I would say I have a hot take in that. Yeah, if, go ahead. if the Bucks lose this series, you got to fire Coach Bud. Like no. he's got to be gone. No. He, let me say this: before they won the championship, there was wide criticism of his coaching, so much criticism of his coaching, and everyone thought he was going to be fired that year if he didn't like perform. And in this series, he's got his ass coached off, or I don't know if that's the correct out-coached. term. He's been out coached <laughs> by. Thank you. His ass. He's got his ass coached he's off. He's got his ass coached off. His ass. His ass has been coached off by Coach Spo. And he, I mean, he's not making coach, adjustments mid game. Like yeah. it's just been poor man, poor coaching all around for the Bucks. Yeah, Monday morning quarterback is definitely you know the we should have swapped the the strategy and stopping a, a Jimmy Butler. I think in the moment it was he's not going to keep doing this. I because like that's how I think the the persona is of a Jimmy Butler. We see him as he's not a jump shooter. So when he hits one, you're like, all right, he's not going to hit another one. Then he hits another one, you're like, but he's not going to hit the next one. And then he does because he's in that mood. We saw the same thing in the Eastern Conference Finals last year with against the Celtics where he went on that run and then he pulled up and shot that three. And we were like, ah! I mean, he's... And he missed it. But like that, we were like, you know what? That's Jimmy Butler. He was in his moment. That's the guy that you want to take that shot. And I think the Bucks were like, all right, he, he, I think he's going to miss this moment. And he just didn't. It's it just, it just to just hope their best player doesn't play well. It's just poor coaching. And then secondarily... Like he was gassed. You could see physically during the game he's gassed. Put Giannis and or Brooke Lopez, get some switches. And even if you're not going to take the shot on Jimmy Butler, back him down. Like try to wear him down defensively because they let him just stand on defense. They didn't attack him at all. Yeah, that that's that's definitely a coaching thing. So I, I can agree with you on that one. Um, before we get off, I know we want to get off this topic. I did have a, a, a I I sort of had a list for it's you. Yeah, you had a list for you. I want to get to. I was thinking about this when I talked to when I was thinking about Jimmy Butler. Like he's just a dude where, if you're playing against him, like if you were to play, be a fan or a coach or a player to play against Jimmy Butler, he's just a guy you don't want to see, right? Like you don't want to see Jimmy Butler on the other side of that court, like the zombie guy. I put together my starting five of guys you just don't want to see in the playoffs, like a team of starting five, and I my my approach was people that are a little bit crazy that will never give up. Like they'll be down a hundred points in game four, down three out, and they just will claw and tooth like fight you claw and tooth, right? Dude, figure it out. Tooth and nail. But tooth I, and nail. I get whatever. Okay. You you thought the white bear was a polar bear. <laughs> so don't give me shit. All right. My 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 two guards, and I think one might be debatable. We might want to scrap one. Marcus Smart. That's not debatable. I don't want to see Marcus Smart because he's just going to be nasty the entire 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. Another no. guy who's just going to fight you fight you the entire game. You just don't want to deal with him all day. Jimmy Butler. Yep. Bobby Portis. He's just kind of crazy. I, can't, I was trying to think of a power forward that like I don't want to see that's just like an absolute menace. Kind of tapped. We'll just fight you for 48 minutes. Do you have anyone? Giannis. You said somebody on his team, yeah, and you picked Bobby Portis. I didn't. I didn't want to get players that are like the best I in the world. I get what you're saying, yeah, but like that's still. I want Bobby more Portis scrappy. Though. Even though Butler is like a top player, I feel like he's more more scrap than skill. Mm-hmm. Giannis is just too good. And then I have Draymond as my center. 
on this team that's just like so how, how would that team be if you had to put your team like your Lakers team against a team of Marcus Smart, Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, Bobby Portis, and Draymond Green. How would you feel about that? Lake, Lakers in three? Like that's that's how much of a blowout that would be. Like there's no, that's not a. There would team. be nobody left in the Lakers though. They would all be injured after yeah, that series. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, I thought you were gonna go one of the Morris brothers. Um, one They're of the not Morris good enough just, though. Yeah, I mean, there was a time where they were when they were with like the like the early. Uh, was it the early Clippers? Or like the early Suns when they were younger. Marcus they, they Morris Senior was was nice on the Celtics that one year. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. There's the um, who's the dude that's PJ Tucker. Uh, that's another one. That's a that good. That's a good one. That's a good. He, that's a good submission. Yeah, he he hustles on both offense and defense because he's he's. There was the graphic of like centers in the NBA, and it was like six ten AD, seven foot. You know, Jokic six ten, Giannis you know, seven foot KD. And then it was, you know, six, six PJ Tucker. <laughs> it's like, Hey, he's down there battling. He's doing his best. He's not going to get your rebounds, but he's, he's going to scrap down there he when, while he's on offensive defense. He has nothing to him though anymore. His three, he used to be no. a really good corner three point shooter. He's just, just stands there. I don't mm-hmm. think he hits any shots. What series uh, after after the Bucks do you want to touch on? Like which ones? Uh, which one has you most interested secondarily? Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of obvious um, just because there's so many subtopics that can go off of it too. It's it's Lakers Grizzlies. Like I know that you know I'm the the Laker fan, and I I try to tell you you know everybody that's listening and watching like let's just get to the playoffs. If we get to the playoffs and we're healthy, I, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to make some noise. If there's a team that is showing. And the series ain't over, so I'm not I'm not ready to say it's over yet. But if there's a team that's showing that they are nothing but front runners, it is the Memphis Grizzlies. It is so sad that as strong as this team could be, they they could have been the next Golden State with having young talent and being able to build around that talent, defense, offense, and outside shooting, and they're and they're blowing it because they want to play dumb games and like and and try to poke the bear was the phrase that was used by Dylan Brooks. It's like, why don't you just worry about beating the team in front of you instead of trying to gas up something? Now, now all we're talking about, all we were talking about is Dylan Brooks trying to shut down LeBron, who went off for 2020 20, and nine. Like, like what I don't respect anybody when that doesn't give me. When did you become the old man, by the way? What's that? When did you become the old man? I think about being the old man. I'm just saying, like this team, the Lakers team. I told you that they would be good, and if they if they play healthy, if they play right, they're going to give Memphis fits, and they are. They are driving the basket. They are allowing role players. Ruby. They're allowing Austin. They had DJ go off. D'Lo go off the last game. Like they're allowing their role players to play phenomenally and out outplay. Desmond Bain outplayed Jaron Jackson, outplayed Dylan Brooks. Granted, the little guard from Duke, I can't remember his name. Um, the little dude that that played for Duke, I wish I remember. What what team? Point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies. The, the, the backup. Ty, yes. Like they they allowed him to do his thing. Like he came in and substitute, and he was part of the reason why they won the game they won when Ja wasn't playing. And then then Ja comes back, and it's like they just reverted back to like bad basketball and we talked about the jump shots versus the driving and that's how the games have ended for memphis in, in la where it gets into the crunch time and memphis is settling for jump shots or jaw trying to dunk over 10 people for some strange reason and lebron saying i'm just going to go to the hoop and i'm going to try to finish at the hoop if i miss 
AD is going to get the rebound and he's going to go right back up with it. So like that's the difference between the two right now. Well, well, I called you an old man because I feel like your take is that you haven't won anything. Enough of this nonsense of this talking. It's so true though. Like we've been hearing and talking about Memphis yeah, but for it's three fun. years. It's fun. Are you not entertained? Are no. you not entertained? No. See, and you know what? Because we talked about it. The league needs a villain. We said it. We said it like three months ago with the whole KD did thing. You see, like, uh, the league needs that. But we can't force the villain. And when the villain sucks, he just needs to shut his mouth. Because Draymond backs it up with winning rings. I don't care if he's being carried by, by Curry and Clay. He's a defensive player of the year, multiple times defensive all-NBA. So he has something to back it up. Dylan Brooks hasn't done shit, and he's just talking to talk, and now he doesn't even want to talk it, because now he's got to eat his own shit. And well, I was going like, to say, get on the mic. And he's like, no, nah, I don't want to get on the mic did anymore. You, did like, you that's hear how it his, been. Uh, his take now is like, you know, the media, you guys have made me out to be this villain. <laughs> like, bro, you wanted you this smoke. Did it. Oh, yeah. Like, again, I, I don't want to dig too much into it, but like, I think that's, that's going to be their Achilles heel. I think that's what's going to hurt this team is their ego is way too big. Like, there's a parade in my city. Like, I, Ja, you got to get more serious. Like, I, I know you want to win, but show it on the court. Desmond Bain, where have you been the I mean, last couple of games? Like, Jaron Jackson, yeah, you get a block here or two, but you need to have some, You need to have a better performance if you are a 2-3 seed against a playing team. All right, all right, This all is right, unacceptable. All right, all right. Calm down, Lakers fan, because mm-hmm. you're... Okay. you're we're what? This is what game four. We're we're four games in the series, and your disdain for this team is definitely showing. <laughs> Go ahead. It's crazy. Uh, you know, I don't think the the I don't know want to call it attitude or the way they just they handle themselves. I don't think that's the reason why they're down three one. the The biggest thing has to do is the best player on the Lakers is Anthony Davis when he's healthy, right? The Grizzlies down Stephen Adams. Um, I for and I apologize. I forget the name of their other center. That's a very important Brandon Clark. Yes. Um, he they're both gone for the playoffs, and you know JJJ, great defensive player, defensive off, player of the year, often in foul trouble though. So they're in a situation where the Lakers have a huge advantage driving the paint, which they're really good at inside with AD against a very thin back or, uh, front court for the Grizzlies. And that, I think that's what what's really done it for the Grizzlies. You know, I'm surprised they won game two without Ja, and they did it pretty convincingly. Uh, game game three, I think they they made it close, but the first quarter, I think it was 9-35 to 35 or something in the first quarter, which, which dug them into a hole. I know it's 3-1. I think it's, I think it's closer than 3-1 in, in actuality. I think these teams are a lot closer than 3-1. Lakers should put them away. Um, the Dylan Brooks thing, though, just to jump back on Dylan Brooks, mm-hmm. you know, I know you want to call him a clown and all this stuff. And I heard, I heard a hypothesis and it wasn't quite a hypothesis. Someone, they were just saying it plainly. I think it was uh Windhorse, And I, I like, that's my guy, you know, the finger, finger, Windhorse. you know, Dylan Brooks is, is, is secretly a genius in the fact that he, he's doing this shit to try to make a, to make himself a target. He, the the Memphis Grizzlies want nothing more than LeBron to try to drop forty on them, because they know if AD eats, they are screwed. So Dylan Brooks talks all that talk, hoping that LeBron gets a little bit, a little greedy and takes a couple more drives and attacks Dylan a little bit more. When they all know 
AD is the best player in that series. And if they can get the ball out of AD's hand any way possible, that's fine for them. And that's where the problem is because game four, AD didn't show up. LeBron didn't really show up. I mean, he's 2020. AD had 12. What are you talking about? LeBron had a 2020 game. I'm game saying four. he didn't take over with points. Like he wasn't forcing shots. How many shots did he take? Like 18 shots. Like that's not that's not forcing the ball. And no. 18 shots off just about 50%. Like he and in the worst was uh no, yeah, the worst was his three points, one for seven. Um so like it, he wasn't forcing the game. LeBron's not going to be a forcing type player. He's got he's going to make the right play, a la the you know up and under layup. And instead of going for the layup, you pass it out to the corner for for Schroeder. Like he's going to make the right play. But they're they're if they're targeting LeBron, they're doing it the wrong way because they're allowing Austin Reeves to go off. They're allowing Rui Hachimura to go off. They allowed D'Angelo Russell. Oh, I like, didn't mean target isn't like go after LeBron. I mean you're saying they want him to take shots. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah, other yeah, people yeah. Don't. Yeah, exactly. But LeBron James is too smart. Again, no, yeah, I'm he not didn't a, take the I'm bait. LeBron he hater. didn't take the bait. Yeah, exactly. He's going to look at it and be like, all right, cool. Like or like the mind games forced him to go uh, left, and he do doesn't you know, do anything. Speaking of LeBron and my mind games, do you know the exchange between LeBron and Draymond Green in the. 2016 finals when they got in each other's face. Do you know what was said? Draymond Green, you know how much of a psychopath he is and just like jawing people guts, gets in LeBron's face in the heat of the moment and goes like, you're a bitch. You know nothing about a bitch and like everyone knows like that's like a trigger for LeBron. No one would call a bitch. And LeBron full of like, you know, testosterone in the middle of a game like fire up, just looks Draymond in the face and goes, I am a father and a role model. And then just walks away, and Draymond's just like, "What the fuck?" So like, <laughs> I I say all this to say it's really hard to kind of like break his psyche. Like when he when he's serious about winning, you can't you're not gonna be able to poke the bear, and get him frazzled. And I think that's what they tried to do. Obviously, it didn't work. They're up three oh three one now, and it looks like they're gonna take command of the series. Yeah, like I said, there's 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 a lot of role players that are stepping up. Um, stepping up in in big time spots for the Lakers right now, and that's that's not even being you know the the team the Purple Gang or whatnot. Uh, I think they they've shown that their depth is pretty good. Um, they they've always been a really good defensive team, so they're going to make it hard for teams to to score on them. And if they get the offensive output, which I you know I had been praying for, especially after the trade deadline, if they're putting up 110, 120 points a game and they're giving up less than 110, it's a hard out, right? That's a hard beat for them, and they're they're showing it, they're proving it. So one more, I'm I'm not saying that the series is quite over. I think they lose. It's uh, over tomorrow. You say that, but I think they lose tomorrow and then they take it back in Staples and six. Um, but like crypto, that, we'll, man, we'll crypto doc, crypto arena. Come on, man. Ah, oh, whatever, man. It's Staples. It's always going to be Staples. Just like it's always the United Center for Chicago. It's always going to be Madison Square Garden, and, and it's going to be the Oracle for for Golden State. I, I don't love, even know what Golden State's called anymore. But to me, it's I don't know the, the Oracle because the championships that they won there. I love how people want to cape for the Staples Center when Staples literally is a shitty office supply store. <laughs> Like Staples is some sort of amazing brand. Now that you think about it. Yeah. Office Depot arena. Um, (laughs) You know, for you, you're a Lakers fan. Who would you, I'm just curious, who would you rather see? I think you'd want, you're going to say Golden State. It's tied to two right now. I think you'd say Golden State um, over Sacramento. If you had your pick, I'm sorry. You'd rather rather, rather say, or you're saying my apologies. You would rather see Sacramento as your opponent as a Lakers fan. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I think Golden State takes that series. 
It's two two right now. Yeah, and we panic meter. We said they were. You said they should have been panicked. I said that. I I even said it because you had you told me to readjust my like my meter for it. I said I don't think the series is over, but this is like DefCom five. Like they are in four serious State. trouble if they do not win win the next game, which they they. Won't By the way, that still. season that series hasn't even started yet, which is crazy. Oh, the series doesn't start until the home team loses. I hate that phrase. With a it passion. hasn't started, man. If your ass goes down to nothing, like you're in trouble. You you can't just rely. Clearly, on, no, because Golden State came back on the next two at home. It matters, man. Yeah, whatever. That, again, I hate that phrase with a with a passion. I, I'm so annoyed that you I will just say. Said I think I think the Lakers might be in trouble next round, regardless of the opponent. And I only say this because. The Lakers have wanted to play at a slower pace with LeBron and AD and watching Golden State versus <laughs> Sacramento. <laughs> it's a it's a goddamn sp- like triathlon meet, man. They are just going nonstop. Good news is that the the Warriors are just as old and, and brittle as the as the the, the Lake almost at 49ers for some reason. Uh, as much as the Lakers. So like I think that both teams will attempt to slow down. I think the Warriors are playing up pace now because that's the Kings game and they have to, but I think they would rather, much rather slow it down, draw up their plays, get open shots for Steph and Clay compared to running and gunning. I don't I don't think just like we say it's not sustainable for Miami, I don't think that type of play is sustainable for this aged um Golden State Warriors. Maybe 5 years ago but not right now. All right, let's take a quick break, hit the parlay and then come back to the NBA talk. I like that. And this parlay is brought to you by FanDuel, our official sponsor. Hell yeah. Not yet though. Maybe. Hit us up. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. All right. So parlay time. We are actually five back to 500. Three and three on the season. Very excited. Let's go. Good stuff. And not only are we 500 at this moment, but if you bet the same amount every every bet, we're actually up because we won two that were even money mm-hmm. and the third one was plus 250 so if you bet the same in all three bets we're actually up on the three bets i like the way you work those numbers in there yeah so let's let's jump right into it i'll go first the grizz picks i'm i already said bucks need to win on wednesday i expect them to win so i'm going big on the bucks mm-hmm. i'm taking the bucks minus six and a half i, I wanted to go less but you you egged me on to go a little higher i think they're 11 point favorite right now yeah. Um, you know, people think they'll blow out the heat, but I don't know, man. The heat scared the shit out of me. We're going six and a half. I feel like that's safe enough, and we'll get some juice on it. So buy the alternate uh, points. I wanted to get a little something else to juice it, so I picked a player, which is no one's going to pick this guy, right? Everyone. <laughs> the thing is, with like the big name superstars, their numbers are often inflated. People are betting the overs, so that the the lines shift with that. I'm going to go with the secondary player who I think he's been very good all series. Um, and Bucks are coming home. You expect the role players to play a little better. Grayson Allen been playing about 35 minutes a game. Uh, t- plenty of play time. He's going to be there just to shoot threes. With Giannis back, the defense will collapse. He'll get some chances. In this series, he's hit at least two three-pointers every game. I'm taking Grayson Allen 
two or more three-point shots. I like that. Um, I wish you you pushed the line a little higher, try to get some more uh, get some more meat on that bone. Uh, if we if we raised it to like seven and a half, eight and a half for the Bucks, and then maybe three threes for Grayson Allen. But I mean, if you if, if you, you want to lose, if you want to lose, man, go for it. That's fine. Play it safe. Again, let's just worry about getting some some great momentum for the Frizz's picks. Uh, I'm going I'm going Warriors on this one. I think they got a lot of momentum and. Normally we see, you know, game six clay. I think we're going to see game five clay. So I'm going to go with Steph, which is pretty consistent in getting four threes, you know, in a game. Uh, I think they're going to do any and everything to try to end the series in Golden State on on game six. So they're going to try to put everything that they can into game five. 20, excuse me, four threes from Steph um, and then 20 points from clay. They get that combination. You just expect that to get, you know, 30 to 35 points from Steph if he's going off for four more threes. And then you get, you know, the the Batman to his Robin uh, 20 plus off off of the secondary scoring for Clay. I think that puts him in a really good spot to get that win. So I noticed you went two player props, but didn't take the Warriors. So are you are you thinking the Warriors could still lose that game, but Steph and Clay go off? No, I think if they go off, they win that game. I, I don't think I think if they don't hit this, this is very similar to what I talked about with the AD bet. If they don't go, if he doesn't go 20 and 10, the Lakers lose. And I think if Clay and Steph don't go off for this right here, you get those five, six, seven threes from Steph, and then you get your 20, 25, 30 from Clay. If they don't do that, I don't think they win game five. So I guess like if you're feeling real frisky, throw in uh Golden State money line because if you're gonna go with those those stat lines, might as well throw the money line in there. If you think uh, I, I don't mind that at all, I mean I'm all for adding it, man. If it's gonna make it a little bit easier and a little bit more money in the pocket for when we win this, uh, I'm all for. It. I think it's it's Golden State uh, giving one and a half, so like we could just take them flat out. All right, so our picks are Bucks minus six and a half, Grayson Allen for two or more threes. Steph Curry for four or more three-pointers, and Clay Thompson for 20 or more points. Grand total right now on DraftKings, plus 310. So if you bet $10, you would make a profit back of $31. I like that. Let's make some money. Absolutely, baby. Let's get ready for the truth tellers. Dude, I love truth tellers. There's just not enough conspiracies. There's just not enough. Not right now. I know you kind of hinted about it off air, but when we- when when basketball playoffs are over, what the hell conspiracies are we gonna talk about for baseball? Good God, that's <laughs> oh gonna. We're just gonna be doing a whole bunch of like NFL draft. I mean, um, fantasy football draft. Like, <laughs> we're gonna become a fantasy <laughs> like talk. Show. Yeah, we might as well. Shit, I I mean, I'm gonna have to watch. You love that. Bro. You loved that episode we did. We'll do it again this year, dude. I won. I I won a league that I had finished at the bottom of, pretty consistently, and then one dumb move away from winning the other league like i sat a player that i shouldn't have sat and had i not i would have won both leagues like that's crazy just based off of our show i i don't know if i told you but i lost my league i was in the championship game and i forgot who i started at quarterback was it aaron Rodgers? i still think i started aaron Rodgers at quarterback i had danny dimes on my bench and i lost because i didn't start danny dimes 
It hurts. Yep. Brock Purdy and Jared Goff. That was the that was the lineup. I had Jared Goff coming fresh off of like back to back thirty five point games, and I was like, I just need Purdy to get twenty. And Purdy got twenty, but Goff got forty. And I was like, I would have won my league if I started Goff, and I did back to back weeks, and I, I I didn't for the the conference championship. So do you want to just really quick because we did like hint to the Warriors and Kings series. Awesome series. It's probably been the best series so far. Not yep. only is it tied to two, but each game's just been a just an absolute battle. There's been drama on the court. The basketball's been great. You know, it seems like this is leading Golden State after they won two back to back and now Fox has the fractured finger. He said he's going to play. So we'll see how effective he is. I would just like to say this. I don't know how this is going to end up. The Kings are legit. I know yes. people were saying before the playoffs, oh, their team's jockeying for the sixth seed so they could play the Kings. Like that was kind of the word on the street because they wanted the Kings of all the teams at the top. And I don't think they would say that now. I don't think Golden State would say they want the Kings again. They would be very happy with playing Memphis or playing, I guess they wouldn't want to play the Suns, but you know, playing the Clippers instead of this, this Kings team. Yeah, I mean, we're watching De'Aaron Fox grow to be an All NBA player um, right in front of our eyes. So it's it's great to see. Um, I love like when when teams that don't get a lot of shine have a star player, a la Shy Gilgis Alexander in OKC. They finally get a moment, and like you can see their talent like like absolutely on a grand stage. So I, I love the fact that we're seeing Fox become you know a one A type of player, All NBA. Uh, going head to head right up against Steph. And it's an incredible point guard versus point guard matchup. Um, we're also seeing that <clears throat> the praise that we gave to Sabonis probably was a little too ahead of its time because he's becoming a little bit more one dimensional where, where a team, a veteran team like Golden State in a seven game series can expose his flaws. And like that's what we're seeing where regular season we were like, oh, he's like a triple double threat. He's a mini Jokic. And in this series, they're just daring him to do stuff that he can't do outside of his game, and it's just making him a little less effective. Yeah. But that's coaching more than it is for the talent. Uh, I would say that he needs to take some serious time in the offseason and work on his, his jump shot because they're they're sagging off him like crazy, and it's making it tough for him to be kind of that Jokic type player. They don't have to respect it. Um, and then shout-out to Kevon Looney. Like, that dude yes. was a huge part of their championship What team. a sub. He, I think he had 20 boards or something close to 20 the other night. He's been mm -hmm. fantastic for them. Um, also on Sabonis, like I know it's a joke where people were like, oh, he's doing the x-rays on his ribs because they're trying to like get Draymond suspended. But, you know, I guess word in the street is like he actually doesn't feel great. Like he, he you know, that could be affecting his game too. I don't know. I mean, that's no, the game four. No, miss me with anything involved with the stomp. Um, I wish we played some music in regarding the stomp. But that stomp was quite some time ago, so we didn't need to talk about the stomp too much. I'm surprised, by the way. I'm sorry to cut you off really quick. <laughs> Game four, when when Draymond had that monster block on Sabonis, I was like, ooh, bro. like Because they already teamed him up once in that game. And mm -hmm. when he got that block at the end on Sabonis and stood over him, like just staring, going, ah, I was like, Ooh, bro, they might tee you up again. Like, and you can only have four technical foul points in the playoffs and you're suspended. And he's already at three, I believe. Which is really annoying. I know that's a topic for another day, 
Um, I don't know who it was that said it, but it, they made a really good point. We need to stop with docking points or whatever it is for playoffs. If you're going to suspend somebody, sub- suspend them the next season. Don't don't ruin a series like this because somebody flexes their muscles on someone for getting a block. Like that's if you punch somebody no in the nuts, that's to one doing thing. things. What's there's no consequences for doing the stuff. Then if you're not going to you know, suspended for games in the playoffs. But what is in, in high intensity games, high emotion games, what is a double tech going to do? I got you. All it's going to do is hurt the team that advances. And that I think in a game that we say life isn't fair, but I don't think it's fair in that case where two guys that are battling in the paint, they go up referees like, we're going to separate you guys double techs. All right, whatever. Game four happens, same thing. Two guys battling. We're going to separate you guys. Double text, whatever. Game seven, same shit happens. And all they're doing is just being high-intensity players trying to battle against each other. We're going to separate you guys. Double text. Team A advances. Team B is in the is is you know in Cancun. Team A gets their superstar player one tech because he sets a charge too too hard on somebody. He's now suspended for game two. I think that's bullshit. And that because it's it's there's high emotion in the playoffs. And unless I'm seeing people kick someone in the nuts, punch somebody in the face, miss me with like technical fouls are going to hurt the team long term wise for somebody that's being emotional in a in a series. I, I get it. Like there needs to be some sort of judgment and like extended judgment in the playoffs where like we're going to be a little easier on issuing a technical foul because it has higher implications. But at the same point, if you're not going to enforce people getting each other's face and starting like instigate something, you're going to see it more and more. And eventually someone's going to throw a throw, throw a punch or something like you have to have some, some order on the court before things get out of hand. And that's what you, you want know, to avoid. You know why you won't is because every point matters in the playoffs. That technical foul, if one player gets to shoot the free throw, changes everything. We see all of these games coming down to the last minute and a half, two minutes, and those those points add up. So if you if you don't think the coach is gonna flip out on somebody, but like you need to get your shit together, like I like that's that's beyond me. I, I think we're just we're doing too much with hurting the team that advances by collecting these points. And Draymond is a prime example because of what you just said. Like he gets a block on the guy that got him suspended for a game, and he's highly emotional. He's not like pointing at him like yo. I mean, he didn't get like, a T for that. I know, but I'm saying if he did based off of everything that was built around him being suspended in a big moment, him getting the block on the guy that got him suspended. And then he go, you know, if he was, ha, full Hulk Hogan, you know, he went out like this and, and went like this and they were like, you know what, Tech, you're suspended for game seven now. And it's like, that makes no sense because him emotionally responding like that did nothing to the game. It didn't ruin the game. It didn't cause a fight. And the way that I see it is the same thing for baseball. You don't want to get blocked. Don't get blocked. You don't want people showboating. Don't give up a home run. Like, it's that simple. Like, don't throw the ball at somebody's head because you gave up a home run and they flipped the bat. Don't flip out on somebody because you got dunked on and you didn't. You missed the block. Like, that's your fault. Don't get put in that situation. Be better. On the uh, Clippers-Sun series, do you, do you have anything... <laughs> 
I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, you're just like bitching about people. Get- no, you're good, man. You're good. I was just, I was in my, I was in my moment, man. I know. But it's good that you I had went nothing. To the I had nothing I'm else to add to that, it. and you were just, you were just going on a rampage. I had to, I had to change it. You told me to bring the energy for today. I had to, and there's a you lot were of things that were before uh, the show for sure. I was, man. I was yawning. Haven't yawned once, but again, I, I was. There's a lot of things that got me really emotionally charged the last week from basketball. So I'm here for it. Yeah, I know. I, I feel you, man. Like it's been, it's been a crazy week. Uh. The crazy one of the craziest thing though is the idea that you know the Clippers go up. Did, did they win the first game? Yeah, they went up one zero, yeah, right? One nothing. Yeah, because Kawhi went off, and then they lose game two, and then Kawhi's out game three. <laughs> he's out game four. Now he's out tonight, I believe, game five. Mm-hmm. And I just have like I don't know if there's anything interesting to talk about in particular about this series, except for the fact that like. You know, the Clippers essentially mortgaged their franchise to have Kawhi and Paul George. Like, that was the plan. Mm-hmm. And they have two guys that cannot stay healthy. And at least Paul George is is out there trying for, like, extended periods of time. The thing with Kawhi is they spent the past two years kind of like, baby, like I'm not going to say they babied him, but they they were very delicate with him. In the in the hopes that well, when we get to the playoffs, we'll have Kawhi fresh, and we'll unleash him in the playoffs. And it looked great in Game One, and then it's just it's just back to the same old story. And this is not taking a shot at Kawhi saying toughen up. Like I'm I'm bet he's hurt and injured. I just at this point, if you are a Clippers fan, which let's be honest, there are none of you out there. <laughs> but if if you're the Clippers. I don't see a future here. It's this is it, man. No, I I think this is unfortunately the last that we see of this team together. Um, we, we might be flirting along with this is the last time that we see prime type of Kawhi. Unfortunately, um, this would be three or four years in a row where, outside of the championship that they won, what was that 2017, 2018 when they won. The Raptors, are we talking? The Raptors, Raptors, my fault, yeah, Raptors. I think that might have been 19 the year before the bubble. I think that was the last time that, like, we got to see Kawhi Leonard as, like, the Hall of Famer that he most likely will still limp in. Uh, no pun intended behind that. But I think he's he'll, he'll get into, you know, the Hall of Fame because of what he did defensively in the championships and the finals MVPs that he has. He has the track record for it. But I don't think that we get that anymore. I think that is long gone he can't be a number one on a team, right? Like they can't pay him like he's a number one. I don't think they're going to want to keep Paul George if they see that like, all right, we don't have Kawhi. I would rather have get... Paul George than Kawhi right now. I would, but like if you if you you can't get rid of Kawhi, who's going to trade for him? Nothing. Yeah, and like if you're going to look to do something to to revamp your, you know, your franchise, you got to get rid of your best assets. Your best asset is Paul George right now. And and you know, that that sets you back a lot if and you I, get rid of him. So what they gave up to put this team together, they traded three first rounders to Oklahoma City, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was pick swaps. Three first rounders, and a, I think he was a second-year player, Shea Gil, Gildress Alexander, to Oklahoma City. You know, they've made this thing work for Paul George and Kawhi. They don't have a lot of wiggle room at this point. And to your point, if they want to restart this thing, teams see what their situation is with is with Kawhi. They don't want to get into it. I was just looking at Kawhi's contract right now. 
after this year, he has a guaranteed $45.6 million next year. Mm. And then he has a year after that, it's a player option. I don't think he's going to opt out. No. He has a player option of $48.7 million in 24-25. That's 35 to 40% of the cap. The cap should sure. go up. I will say that because they're redoing the CBA. CBA. But still, I mean... Cap is right now, I think it's 140 or 130 per team. And he's at 45 is what you're saying. It's yeah. like 40% of the cap is one player yeah. that can't stay on the court. And Paul George is probably around that number. So yeah. like they have 60% of the cap you know, tied up on two guys that you can't count on to be there in the playoffs. I think it's... They could have a miracle run next year. Who knows? But I think it's safe to say that this is this was an utter failure for the Clippers. Yeah, we we we're we're actually. I I know this is like kind of what I wanted, but not what I wanted. Like this, not like this. Um, we're seeing the the superstar team ups not working. It's just this is another. I hate to throw the word failed, but this is another failed experiment of. The player empowerment, you know, era of well, let's force my way out of this area, and let's force my way onto this team to team up with X player so that we can win. Not five, not six, not seven, not eight. Nope, we didn't even win one, right? Like, and that's that's what's happening. Uh, I hate to see it with superstar players. Like, I wanted to see KD, Kyrie, and 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 James Harden be good because, like, then we can hate it, right? But the, they weren't. They were very bad. Like we wanted to see LeBron, um, Kawhi, and Paul George, and a sec, a third tier player be good, so the the Clippers could be relevant again. But they can't. And it's like those those superstar players that were all for forcing their way off of a team and getting you know in the situation best for them. It's not working out, and it's gonna it, it's setting back franchises. It's setting back teams for a while because of what they had to mortgage to get those players. Yeah, I mean, they weren't really great before he showed up. I think they were like an eight seed or whatever, but I get your point. It's The it, Clippers? Yeah. I'm saying both teams, both the Clippers and oh, the, the Nets became well, I, championship contenders, like championship favorites actually, in the regular season when they got these players. I would actually disagree on the Nets. I think they're in a better spot today that they were pre-Kyrie Kevin Durant. Acquired. The Nets got back. It got better assets because they traded Kevin Durant. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Like they, they were in, uh, they were nothing. They were the you know the the lovable team that's a seventh eighth seed before they did the play in, and they would get bounced in the first round. Then they got KD, Kyrie, you know Ben and 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 James, and they instantly became title contenders. And then they went back down to not being title contenders. That's what I'm saying. The same thing with the Clippers. They, they had Lob City. They lost all of those players. Yeah. And then they were bad. They got, you know, Kawhi fresh off of a championship with Toronto. He recruits Paul George. They instantly became favorites in the West. And now they're nothing. So that, that's all I meant by that is like, you know, franchises are I they're just you. not the same that they were before they, you know, they ended up doing those trades for those those players. Last two series, I just want to like quickly touch on before we get yeah, to the right closing takes. Uh, Cavs and Knicks, it's just sludge. I can't watch it. It's, <laughs> I think the Cavs scored 34 points and a half game three. Yes. And I've seen more points scored in a half at 
my local YMCA. Like it's it's incredible how bad both offenses have been in this series. Outside of maybe like a couple outbursts for Brunson and game one for Donovan Mitchell, I, I don't know. I don't know how either of these teams can compete in the next round. Well, I do because if Miami advances, good God, that's going to be a shit <laughs> second round. Um, it, it's shaping up, honestly, for this side of the bracket to be really bad and basically the winner of Celtics 76ers almost walk into a championship. And I, I think it would be, I think the Celtics have like a clear path to victory with Embiid being hobbled right now. And we can touch on that series in a second. The Celtics honestly are in the driver's seat to win a champion, to like at least go to the finals and I think win a championship. Yeah, I mean, I think Philly having this time off definitely helps them. You know, the only team to sweep. Uh, so like that's always been Helpful. the benefit for for a team that, that is able to get the series done in four. Um, do I think the Knicks-Cavs series is over? No, I, I think that I think the Cavs take it at home just to stretch the series. Uh, I said at the beginning of it, like the, the Cavs... Can, I mean, the Knicks, they can't lose this one because of the whole Donovan Mitchell thing. And I think Brunson is just showing that like, hey, I was worth the money. You know, that's I'm, I'm not going to say he's like tier one superstar and go off on a tangent on it. But I think he's just showing that he's worth the bread that they paid for him. And and he's pulling up players like a Julius Randle, who when he had a he's bad game, RJ Barrett, he's not. I, I get that. I'm saying there were games that Randle was doing OK and Brunson was leading the way. And then when Randall wasn't doing anything, somebody else stepped up. I think R.J. Barrett stepped up last game, and Brunson still got his, you know, just just under thirty. So like they're finding ways to get the win. And when Donovan Mitchell isn't playing well for the Cavs, the Cavs don't do good. Right. And that's that's a very bad thing because he can he can go off for fifty and they'll win. But if you're expecting you know Donovan Mitchell to go off for fifty every single game for you to win, eh, that's a recipe for disaster, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, for them, it's just they have very little shooting. Their two mm-hmm. guards are smaller, um, so they're you know they're not going to be able to get to the cup as efficiently as as maybe a, a wing player. And Karis Levert isn't a great three point shooter. He's all right. Their two bigs cannot shoot threes, and Allen and Mobley. So everything's just super congested uh, defensively against the Cavs. They really can't get much space. Going forward, it's an interesting question I've heard thrown around is like, is do the Cavs have to look in the mirror and rebuild their archetype? Like get rid of the two bigs and just pick one of the two, which would probably likely be Mobley and mm-hmm. trade Allen. But at the same point, like Allen as a player, his archetype of being like a big rim running center isn't super valuable so you're not gonna get a ton back likely in a trade um i don't know do you like the, do you like having the two bigs or do you think that in this day of nba you know this sort of makeup just won't work in the playoffs at least it's outdated it's outdated and and if it's going to ever show its negative impact it's going to be in the playoffs yeah we're we're, we're seeing it in minnesota too like you have cat and Gobert out there and like, well, Kat's yeah, the greatest, it, it, Kat's the greatest Kat three point shooter big in the world, isn't he? In the yeah, ever, he can hit a three or two, but like, if think of it this way if Ant is driving and it's a pick and pop between Cat and and Anthony Edwards, I'm double teaming Anthony Edwards at the rim. And, and where I'm is saying, Gobert hey, going? Yeah, go, you can go ahead and shoot that ball out there. I'm not, I'm not yeah. worried about you. 
Um, and like that's how teams are playing. You know, that's how they're going to play Minnesota, and that's how they're playing Cleveland, where you run the pick and roll. It's like, all right, well, both of you are coming to the paint. We'll just you know wall up because they're most certainly not popping on this one. So like they they need they they needed help. And I'm just looking at the last game, six for twenty three from three with nothing outside of Garland and, and Lavert. I have a question. That's that's tough. I didn't think we'd talk talk on the Minnesota Timberwolves, but since we're here, mm. do you trade away if you Both. if you have to trade you probably have to trade away like this this isn't working. You have to probably get rid of either Gobert or Cat. Which one are you trading if you had to trade one of the two? Both. And and as much as think well, of it this well, way, answer, answer as it this much, way: if you only right, had so, to pick one, if you had to keep, because they're going to keep a big, they're not going to trade both of them away. Like that won't happen. But if you had to keep one, would you keep Cat or Gobert? Because I have an answer to myself. I have an answer too, and it's going to be something that you guys are probably not expecting. But I'm trading Cat. Yeah, that's I'm my answer. Cat, because you get more value out of it. Unfortunately, that dumbass signing and trade for. Rudy Gobert, it it handcuffed not only the Timberwolves as an organization, but Anthony Edwards' prime. You you are ruining his chance to be phenomenal because you are surrounding him with seven footers that are not helping him at all. Yeah, Gobert can get a block or two. Who can't at seven foot? But he does nothing else. <clears throat> and Cat can hit an occasional three. But we know how soft he is in the paint. And the only time that he can, you know, man up and I don't even want to use the word. The only time he can get big in the paint is when like somebody calls him out and it's only for a game. It's not sustainable over like a lengthy period of time. I, I didn't because I know you dislike Gobert. Like I'm also smart about basketball right. decisions. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> I, I think like what I was going to say, you nailed it. Like at this point, Gobert. He's not a negative contract, but you're not getting with that contract and what he's showing this year. You're not getting a ton back. You can trick people into getting Cat and getting three first round picks. And with Cat as their primary player, they've been bad. Like he's not a guy that's going to really elevate. He's nope. I don't like to call people soft, but like you said, he doesn't like to play as a big man in the post. He'd prefer to stay out the three point line. He he's always in foul trouble, right? He's always fouling out of games. There's so many flaws in his game, but he there's so much upside that people will be fooled and be like, oh, we can take him and make him great. And they'll give you whatever you want. Yeah, his age helps him. You know, still a sub-30 player. Um, I think he's 27, maybe turning 28 soon. So, like, he's not... If this were NBA terms, like prime wise, he still hasn't hit his prime. No. I think I think the prime for an NBA player is like 28 to 32 is when you see the best version of a player. Um, he just happened to be, you know, the the one year college player. So he's been in the league for eight, nine years, it seems like, but he's he's still not fully developed. And I don't care if you win a three point contest as a center, like that doesn't make you a sniper. Like he if he's going to be something that I think what people want him to be, a la Anthony Davis, he's gotta learn to be in the post. And he's just not that type of player right now, where that's the that's the difference between the two. I think I think Cat uh, could probably shoot a better three than Anthony Davis, but Anthony yes. Davis can can work in the post and still shoot the three. Cat is not working in the post, 
And so like that's a huge difference between the two. One sneaky similarity between the two, which everyone dogs AD because he's often injured. And AD is a more prominent player in the national perspective, so we know that he's hurt a lot. Cat misses 30 games a, game. a season, like at least. So he's always hurt as well. Uh, I want to get to the closing takes, but the last thing I wanted to say, and I I, I, I wrote it down in big letters and, and font. Bro, I freaking hate the Knicks fans. They are the worst fan base in professional sports. <laughs> they're winning first round playoff games against the Cavs by scoring 20 points, and they're shutting down the streets in Manhattan. Come on, people. Like I every time I want to be like, oh, the Knicks, like, cool, this is neat. The the fan base for the Knicks makes me just so repulsed by the Knicks and hate them. Like, just be normal. I, I gotta give you the floor to that one, man, because I'm uh I, I kinda agree. Um I I'm always gonna be a fan of you know the original teams when they're good. The NBA is better. When the Knicks are good, the NBA is better. When the Lakers and Celtics are good, the NBA is better. But when the Knicks are good, so it's annoying. almost as if everybody in the NBA has to be told how good the Knicks are. And it's like, look, man, one championship in 50 years, please stop. I need you to win it before you start shoving down my Listen. throw, Allen Houston and, and Patrick Ewing shit. Like, I don't care about the throwbacks. Like, one championship since I've been alive. Let's let's win one, please, before we just get back to like let's flood the streets because we won the first series in the playoff round. Listen, like, come on. Listen, not only do I need the Bucks to win because I have financial ramifications, <laughs> but God forbid if the Miami Heat win and then the Knicks it's beat Knicks the Heat, heat? and the Knicks advance to the freaking Eastern Conference Finals because the Heat are awful. Will they will shut down the entire United States Knicks fans because of their nonsense, and I can't do it. I just can't. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. It's been a while, dear. You ready? I am so ready for this beat, man. Let's go. Let's open up the club. Club going up on a Tuesday. That's that's when we got to hit it, right? Right now. Going up on a Tuesday. The show is coming to an end. But first, it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's closing time. One segment, two takes. Go. I don't think we've done closing takes for about two months. I missed that beat, man. Like that, just I just who was the he got hurt. Um, Edwin Diaz. Closer. Edwin Diaz. He got hurt, and I feel like we haven't played it since his injury. And his injury was like a month and a half ago. It was during the World Baseball Classic. The thing I love about how what we've been able to do is we have so many different little segments that we can just retire this for two months and just be like, hey, we have this in the library. Let's do it. Yo, know, that ass. So I was thinking about this too, like from. Like just just think back before we do a quick close and takes like and this isn't even my close and take but like think about like what we did when it was like just just I think it was you two and then you had me on for a show and like and it was just very basic like it was just we talked for 60 minutes and then like we me and you started this and we implemented little things here and there. And like we have, like you're saying, like 10 different segments yeah. that like we could just rip off. Like, all right, yo, 
We're not gonna do Frizz's Five. We're gonna do Truth Tellers. We're not gonna do Truth Tellers. Is it anything? Is my favorite one. Yeah, it's, it's it's dope, man. So I I love this. I I again, I know we switched the days up on y'all, so I'm sorry. We probably got lower viewership because y'all like what the hell? They didn't they didn't they didn't go live. Tell the people. I don't care. I don't care if nobody's in here watching. I enjoy the shit out of this. Like, I'm going to look back on it and be like, yo, I was able to help. You know, me and my boy was able to do a show for years on years, and we just talked sports. Like, and people loved it. Well, I, I love it because we text throughout the week, and I get so fucking pissed at you and your dumbass <laughs> takes. And I'm like, I need Tuesday to come so I can come and yell at your ass. Yeah, I mean, to tell you the truth, man, like, amongst like friend groups everybody always says like yo let's put it together to show and like we, we can argue with each other and then when nothing happens and now with this it's like the same thing like we'll go at each other via text that yo just save it for monday now I, it's yo just save it for tuesday because like i'm not trying to flip out on you via text right now. i know we're getting way off topic here but i would love like my vision for this is to like have more people involved to make it like a barbershop talk like just people like get heated like coming on tuesday after a long week of sports, you're just being like, bah, like just letting loose. I'm not, I mean, again, the, the, the avenues and routes that we can go is endless with this, especially if we just keep doing it. So again, appreciate y'all for listening. Appreciate y'all for watching. Like you guys make it so much easier and better for us to continue doing this. But let's hit us up with some, uh, some closing takes. Maybe. Yeah. And we'll be back every Tuesday. I saw someone else jumped in the room. So we're on Tuesdays now. All right. Really quick, I told you like three months ago, four months ago, they had a show on FX. Rob McElhaney and Rob Ryan. Oh, yeah, yeah, the soccer show. They bought a, a team in the fifth division. It's not even in the professional. Um, it's like semi-pro soccer. This week, they won their league and are being promoted to the big leagues. So They're going to the EPL? Shout out to Wrexham. Yeah, the, the second, second league two in the EPL, but they've made it. And the tough thing is the league they're in now, there are 24 teams, only the first place team advances automatically. And the, the next four are in the playoffs, but it's hard as hell to get up. So they made it, man. After after all the money they poured into it, millions of dollars they lost a year. They're finally in the big leagues. So that's pretty, I mean, pretty that's cool story. Dope. I think that's that's just dope as a life goal, life achievement, more so than the money, because we know those boys got money, bro. They wouldn't be investing in it if they didn't have money. Oh, but like, it's cool to just be a part of something that like they were, you know, they had locker rooms that had broken shower heads and dirty ass toilets, and now they're, you know, they're in an area where they're going to be potentially promoted to the EPL, which we know the well, facilities they are. are they're going, being promoted. Oh, they're they're in that's the it. EPL. We know what's going to come with that. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, not EPL, but like in the European gotcha. professional league. So like, there's four tiers. Of like the professional league, and they just mm -hmm. made it to the very bottom tier. Yes. But they, there, it's man. like being semi-pro to making it to like AAA baseball, essentially. That's dope. So. Really dope. Hey, man, d different one for me. Um, just because of, I know the draft is a couple of days um, from now, and you know I'm all about the NFL and whatnot. Um, I just got a bone to pick, and and you know feel free to chime in if you want. I got a bone to pick with with this whole quarterback talk, and. I feel like for the last two, three years, post the Justin Fields, post the Mac Jones, Trey Lance, um, what's his name? The kid from the Jets that no longer has a, a Zach job anymore. Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson and the number one pick. Who was it that year? Who was the Zach quarterback Wilson that went first? Zach Wilson year? No, no, no. Yeah, was yeah. Trevor Lawrence that year? I can't remember if he was. Maybe it was. I, I think it was. It was T-Law. Yep, it was Trevor Lawrence. After that draft class, we were force-fed Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. 
So like it's annoying that like we are two days away from the draft after both of them competed for national championships, both of them competed for Heisman trophies, you know, Heisman trophies, both of them competed for like being the best quarterback in, in college football. To have Will freaking Levis and Anthony Richardson with like a combined winning record under 500 and like 10 touchdown passes to 15 interceptions combined because of metrics and tools and tests. Like, come on, man. Like at some point you just got to sit back and watch the tape. And like, we could have seen the, the disaster that Johnny Manziel was going to be going into the NFL just by watching him. It's like, he's great for, for TV. He's great for making the game look fun, but his mechanics are miserable. And he's throwing to a six, four wide receiver named Mike Evans. Like nobody else has anybody to defend him. But, like, we look at C.J. Stroud and we're doing the same thing that we did to Justin Fields. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, he, he's, he's not scoring well. He, he's throwing to wide open receivers. Jackson and Jigba is great. But, like, I don't think the quarterback that's throwing to him is. And it's like, what, what are we doing? Every time that there's good quarterbacks, we're, we're saying that they're not as great. And then we're promoting these bad quarterbacks. And then franchises are like, well, damn, we thought the Jets were going to be a different team because we drafted we drafted Zach Wilson. It's like, no, you should have seen it from jump. BYU isn't good, and he wasn't good at BYU. So why are we promoting a Kentucky quarterback and a, a Florida quarterback that played in the, you know, suburban Outback Bowl on Thursday night before, you know, three days before New Year's Eve because their teams were trash. I will. It's s- just annoying. <laughs> you you went off on another one. You you're you're hot today, man. You are hot today. Yeah, I was I was boiling with that one. And Mass Mayhem, I appreciate you. That is the shout out to Mass Mayhem for the the ten gifted subs. I know this ain't about uh, this ain't about Frizz's you know streams, but Mass Mayhem dropped. A lovable, 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 much appreciated 10 gifted subs to everybody that was in the chat yesterday, man. So I'll love to you, man. I appreciate you. I will say like people have broken down Will Levitt's film and, you know, his situation in Kentucky is pretty bad. Like as far as his offensive line, his help, uh, it apparently like I, I don't, I'm not a college scout. I have no idea, but apparently like he is a lot better than what his record in Kentucky would say he was. Um, but do I think he's going to go number one? Absolutely not. I did see like the CBS mock draft has him at one right now, which is asinine. That's not going to happen to you. I can tell you that right now. Uh, Bryce Young is going number one. The Levis thing is weird as far as his Vegas odds. He shot up to number two uh, Vegas odds for going number one. And that's just because, I guess, there was some weird Reddit post that someone's like, yeah, like I know Will Levitz and the Panthers told him they were taking him some bullshit. Right, yeah. It's not, that's not going to happen. Um, but I will say this. You know, I think the, the biggest thing that we're, you were upset about is that CJ Stroud is was presumed to be the number two pick is now potentially dropping down draft boards. I wouldn't mean he could still go number two. Who knows? But it's because he scored poorly on the Wonderlick, and you were like, "Well, watch the tape. Watch the tape." You know, there are me- you have to have measurables, right? You have to have some idea of how someone's going to translate. And the tape is him playing in college against college competition. I understand eva- evaluating quarterbacks crapshoot. I think Mass Mayhem mentioned uh, Jake Locke. Jake Locker, yeah. Like, let's be honest about drafting. Dub. Ugh. Drafting quarterbacks is a crapshoot. Like, mm-hmm. no one knows anything. Like, some guys can be great uh, in college and, you know, not pin out in pros and vice versa. You know, the Wonderlick is a, an assessment of how well someone processes information and can make decisions and use logic and stuff like that. That's kind of a trait I want in a quarterback. And I'm not saying I wouldn't draft CJ Stroud because he did super, he did really bad. 
I'm not saying I wouldn't draft him, but like if I had the second overall pick, I might see that as a red flag and be like, maybe I'll take the generational defensive end that can anchor my defense for 10 years versus the quarterback where like it's a crapshoot anyways. Like this guy might not be able to pick up an NFL offense as good as we might think he can. That's all. That was my only thing with, with the testing on that is like, do I say he's undraftable because he did poorly? No, but like, you know, if I'm drafting top five, I might have like hesitation. If I'm drafting top 10 and Stroud falls me at 10, I'll trade up if I'm, if I need a quarterback and take him at 10, but like top two, you know, there's red flags. It is a red flag, regardless of what you say. Six to 210 to 220 pound quarterback that can throw the ball from goal line to goal line. Yeah, but so did Jamarcus one, Russell, and like his mentals was not there. And he Jamarcus Russell wasn't the same quarterback as, J- as CJ Stroud. Jamarcus like, Russell wasn't leading a team to a national championship. Okay, what I'm saying is though, you could have all the physical tools, but the quarterback position is all about how are you going to process information quickly and make the good right decision? Like the NFL is totally about not turning the ball over as a quarterback and making the right decision. And if you've shown via testing that you're not the best at processing information quickly and, and providing an output that, you know, NFL blitzes, they can get there quick. You might make a bad call and blow many games. And that's not what you want in a quarterback, especially number two. That's all I'm saying. No, I, and again, your point is fair. I just, to me, it doesn't make sense is all. And I'm, I'm not saying what you're saying is incorrect. It just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't register up here to, to be told, not even just be told, just to see right. two kids for three years dominate their sport and be the best at their sport. And two days before the draft, well, I don't know. Let me let me sit back and think because maybe he's not as good as we think he is. It's like, what was the sense of hearing and seeing everything that he did over the last three years if you're going to make your decision based off of one test? To make a prediction? Yeah. Will Levitt, I mean the Levitts, CJ Stroud will be drafted fourth overall to the Indianapolis Colts. And then that I don't I don't have a problem with. I again I'm not saying I need him to go second. I'm just blown away and baffled by seeing people say he's going to drop outside of the top 10. I I just don't understand. I don't care what test people have to take. If we're going to be serious like, too. Let, let's 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 take the guy that had a terrible test, but let's I mean drop the guy that had a terrible test for a wonderlick, but let's take the guy that threw 15 interceptions in a college season. It's like the proof is there that he's making bad decisions, but he sure did test well. Like that's hey, let's let's boost his draft stock because he took the test well. Although when he was on the field, it was snap, see the defender, throw the ball to the defender, not throw the ball to his wide receiver. Can I ask you this? So yes, we've seen this in so many NFL drafts with quarterbacks where 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 it's rumored that this guy's gonna go one, this guy's gonna go three, this guy's gonna go four in this order, and then it's all like just mayhem when the draft starts messed up like Trey Lance going third. We all know that NFL draft season is misinformation season. And if you're the Raiders, if you're the Colts, if you're looking for a quarterback at four through 10, why not just put out bad juju in the air and just talk shit about all these quarterbacks. So their draft stock drops and you can just sit there and not worry about team trading up because Maybe someone did That's like Stroud so at two. Wrong. Maybe someone did like Stroud at two. Maybe the Raiders wanted Stroud at two. Now they're like, ooh, do we really trade up to two now? I don't know. And the Colts are like, yeah, don't do it. 
And then they just wait and they wait and wait, they wait. So like, that's always a possibility too. I know that that's a dog eat dog world, but that's so wrong. We, we literally saw someone's reputation get ruined with Justin Fields because some random ass reporter said, Oh, he's not ever the, the first in the gym and last to leave. He's never in the film room. And then we had to literally like rectify this man's career because someone liked to report bad information. His coaches were like, he's never been like that for us. His players were like, he's never been like that for us. The media was like, yeah, we're just going to run with the story that some random dude from, you know, Arkansas said that Justin Fields, it, you know, is a terrible teammate. And like people were like, oh, he's a terrible teammate. His draft stock's going to drop. And it's then flying season, like, man. What? Yeah. Like, I, like it's terrible. If that's, if that's what it comes to where you ruin someone getting a chance for a bag because of that. I mean, we know the NFL is all about the ownership and not about the players, but like that's, you know, I'm not going to say fucked up all that often, but like that's fucked up. I think that's that's what that's the wrong way to do it. If you're if you're plotting to get somebody because you want to plant seeds to get other teams to, to not draft them, we went way too long with yeah, the no, and, Usually, and, it's just and, it's a quick note. And speaking of the draft, NFL draft is this weekend. We listen. We don't know shit about the draft. Like we can say we know shit afterwards. Like this guy's gonna suck. This guy's good. But who knows? Like the guy who everyone thinks is a great pick might end up being a bust, and vice versa. So next week we're gonna take the draft theme do a draft of our own. We're going to have guests on the podcast and do a serial draft. It'll be tons of fun. Be there. Uh, before we get out of here, Mass Mayhem, pleasure to see you, man. First time long. It's going to be like a first time long time. Appreciate you here, <laughs> man. Uh, it's always fun to have some more new faces in the chat. Uh, good show today, D. Good show. Yeah, it was good. Odd for it being on a Tuesday, but like we said, you know, switching it up, just to make it a little bit easier for us, uh, easier for myself. But you want me to get us out of here? Absolutely. As we say it, baby, every time that we're leaving, hey, we all love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Please, please hit us up on the socials. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on our website. You can follow everything that we do. You can follow up on myself, on my own Twitch, dfrizz underscore frizz5. More importantly, y'all take care of y'all bread. Y'all take care of y'all mentals. Y'all take care of y'all physicals. Take care of y'all chicken. Take care of y'all children. And we'll catch y'all on the rebound. Peace. Peace.